Jordan and Isaiah out here in the wilderness. Why? Because I need sage advice from this man who's been married for a very long time. How long? Uh, 14 days. Oh my gosh, so much advice to give. Before I get that advice, can you give us the announcements for this week? Yeah, let's start with that. Okay. Welcome to Echo Online Service. We are so thankful that you've been watching with us today. Today you're gonna get our last installment, I guess yeah. you could say, of our home base series, and we're super excited for you to watch. Hey, Echo High youth, did you know Echo High meets Wednesdays and Sundays in the summer? Uh, and we make it easy to remember the time they're at. Why? Because they're both at the same time. Same time. 7 p.m., Wednesdays, Sundays. Youth, be there. And another thing to mark your calendar is July 10th. It's our serve day. It's our opportunity to generously serve our community. And we have some exciting things planned. So be there. That, that semi doesn't want us to hear about serve day at all. <laughs> so he drove by right at that, mo that moment. July 10th though, be there. Yes, and if you do call Echo home, you know we love the concept of generosity. We want to be people who live generously and we want to be a generous church. When you live with open hands, we're in a place to, yes, give, but also in a place to receive what God has for you. If you're looking to give to Echo today, you can head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Thanks, Thanks again, again for, for joining, joining us today. today. We, we hope you enjoy our Echo Online Sunday service. service. Nailed it! Good morning, Echo. Would you stand and join us in a time of worship? Yeah. 
you right now and we give you this holy moment. God, we hit pause on everything else going on in our life, God, and we just pray for you to fill this room, God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this place. I pray that you will just wash every single person in this room, God, and we can just come to you in reverence, come to you in awe. God, thank you for being a God of miracles. God, we pray right now for a very special family that's in this room, God, and we just lift up Jeff and Allie. Jeff and Allie, where are you right now? There you are. Jeff and Allie, have, their son was born five months ago, and they have been up in the NICU at Children's for five months. This is their first time worshiping with us today. Let's clap, church. This past year has been a year of them clinging to God more than they have ever clung for them. So let's just be the church and pray for their son right now. Jesus, we just come to you with this beautiful family, God, and we just pray for beautiful taste of God. And I just pray for you to be the God of miracles on this side of heaven. I pray right now for this special boy. I pray for his body to continue to heal. I pray for all the surgeries, all the procedures. I pray for him to respond. And I just pray right now for eternal hope. I pray for everlasting hope for Jeff and Allie. I pray for their marriage. I pray for their beautiful daughter. I pray for us to be the church to rally around them, God. And even just the significance of coming and worshiping with your church family, God. I just pray for every single person in this room that we can sense your peace. We can sense your power. We can sense your presence, Jesus. And we just thank you for being a God of miracles, Jesus. God, we give you our life. We give you our children's lives. We give you our weakness. We give you our fear, God. Thank you for being a God who never gives up. God, be the light to us, God. Shine your light and let us step into it, Jesus. I pray for anyone in this room who is feeling like they are in a dark season. God, I pray for you to light their path and light their steps. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this opportunity to come together, and I thank you for today that we can learn what it looks like to love, what it looks like to be love, and what it looks like to radiant love, Jesus. And we just give you today, we give you this week, and we give you our lives and our burdens in your holy name, amen. Good morning, Echo Church. How are you doing? All right, Coach Wade, what do we got here? Ready to rock and roll, aren't you? I'm a little scared. Yeah, that's all right. But I do, you know, I feel like I need some technique instead of just having balls thrown at me. Mm -hmm. There's some bruises to prove it. Yeah, I know. I can tell you love the game. I, you, you had fun doing this. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, but you, you love the game. Love you the game. Want, you want to commit to that. So what we're going to do is work through this process of some of the training things. First thing we're going to do is some speed work. Okay? Speed work. Yep. So you're stepping over. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Uh, higher, 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 higher. See, you're not. Uh, there you go. Shoes aren't working. Which is even harder because you're usually stronger on one side. Hurdling, right? Feet. <laughs> little shimmy, little shimmy. Little, little shimmy. Little shimmy. Little shimmy. Good, 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 good. I want to see how strong your core is. Not strong. The lovely Terra core. Oh, barf. Okay. So, first thing we have you do is you do a push up, then you roll it up, and you have to hold firm. See how my body is planking? Uh huh. So, I have to go down? Flat. <laughs> 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 I have no core. No, you don't. You don't have, there you go. I don't, coach. I need you to speak life into me right okay, now. Okay, you can do it. You have no core. Okay. Too far, there you go. Maybe we'll try it with knees. Oh, okay, that sounds great. Okay, you're trying to hold, hold that, no, you're not doing the core. I feel like I'm supposed to be at an angle and my body's in a ball. No, well, 
that might be advanced for you too. The next thing we're gonna do is balance. Just stand on it. Yep. Holding it like that, yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, there He's you go. Here. Keep your balance. Good, yep. <laughs> for the Timberwolves here. That would be basketball. Keep putting it above your head. Try to get it above your head. <laughs> Down. Forty. <laughs> Slam it down, throw, and chuck it. <laughs> Why did yours bounce higher? Bounce and drive. Drive the hips down. Harder. There. <laughs> that was less rotation. Okay, watch out. I love yeah. baseball. You're supposed to go fast. Yes. Right, it's just a forward throw. Wow. Harder. Much harder than it looks. This is the lighter one. Thank you, Wade, for the reminder. <laughs> go. Good, 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 good. You got to pump your arms, though. Box jumps, do you think you can do them? No, but I'll try. So you have to be able to stand and box jump that to there. I jump up. Yeah, you jump up. We also have kids do the, go ahead. <laughs> I can't get my legs up. I can't do it. And you know what, Christy? Ready? Good. Good, again, but you stepped in. You have to just do it. I did not step in. You, look joke. at you, you're back here walking for it. She's, yeah, che she's a cheater, little. she's a cheater. You want me that close, just one Yes, up. and then you just drive oh, your hips up. Yep. Swing your arms up and make it, you can do it. There you go! Thanks, Wade. Come down, can you do it? Come on. <laughs> Too heavy? Start throwing up. Come on, there you go. Ah, don't go forward. You breather. <laughs> Swing in unison, painting. But harsher. <laughs> We're good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Try. Try to get as far. There's forward some. As you there's can. a chuckle there again. Well, you're a little wobbly. So. You need to back off. I don't know what you're doing there, but I'll go with it. PTTC, back off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, weaker leg. Weaker leg. That is really common in athletes. In the obvious comments, <laughs> kill him. No, no. <laughs> in athletes, the more centered you are in your strength in each side, yes. less prone to injury. Yep. Okay. Because you don't lean, you don't rely on the one side. Right. Well, if you have an inefficiency on one, you're going to have an inefficiency across the entire body, which is kind of like a lot of things in life, right? Relationships yes. and others. If you have a deficit in one. It's going to affect in the others. It's the same thing with athletes, which is why they really want you to train this way, basically on one leg or imbalance that way to get stronger. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Relational balance, I think. I just think Annie and I should do our dates here. Work on our relationship, work on our core, get more balanced, stronger. I'm usually the stronger one. He's the weaker one. It's just not fair to him. Stage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you up here too, babe. So you, you can just go ahead and just shout out whatever you want, okay?
Yeah, I will. I will. But honestly, uh, that was was a lot of fun. But this is our last week in the home base series where we're just taking uh, really last month and just leaning into our relationships, hoping to to, to really define what a healthy biblical marriage or relationship, friendship, uh, you know, father, son, daughter type of relationships. It doesn't matter what type of relationship, right? We all need help. Can we all admit that, right? You know, I mean, if we were filming, uh, if, if we were filming our everyday ins and outs and we put it on screen, y'all be laughing at yourself too. You know that. Because every relationship uh, at moments, at, at least, is they're, they're dysfunctional, right? Anybody got a dysfunctional relationship? Come on, raise your hand. Let's be proud today. Yep, I do. Two hands up for me. Uh, but I see that hand in the back, a really excited guy. He's like, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, been a, it's been an awesome series. In fact, I'm kind of disappointed we're moving out of it. But uh, we've got some other stuff that are planned that I'm really excited about. But let me just give you a little bit of a, um, a backlog of what we talked about. The first week, we kind of just framed up, uh, framed up uh, the series and talked about how we all just need to get on the same Team. We need to get on the field together. And, and with that passion and that drive, uh, some, so many times that that passion and drive can uh, be worked against the relationship. And what we need to do is learn how to get on the field and fight for each other. Can I hear an amen? Uh, and then the second uh, week, we talked about the first base, the first base of honesty. And we talked about really dishonesty makes it unfair for, for everybody. The second base was uh, respect. And, and, we, and, and, and the, the, one of my main big ideas from that is, is, is when we're disrespecting a individual, really that's a physical proof of disrespect. That's a dis, and, and really physical proof of, of devaluing that relationship. So if there is a disrespect issue in a relationship, well, maybe, you know, maybe you need to check, check yourself. Uh, and the third base uh, we talked about last week was commitment. And, and Christy and I really presented this idea that commitment will cost. Commitment isn't easy. And this week we're leaning into love and specific biblical def- defined love, which uh, we can find uh, termed as agape love. It's the Greek word for, for really the most used word uh, in the Bible in the New Testament when, when we're talking about a love and a specific love defined. And so, but before uh, I go into uh, my scripture today, um, many of you, you've sat back and you're like, man, Andy and Christy, they are obvious baseball professionals. They know everything about baseball. Not really, you don't know anything about it. But I remember being in Little League. That's, that's about as far as it went for me. I did play a couple uh, uh, seasons of church softball, uh, and that was just, you know, life-changing. But, but I remember this one moment. I, I went up to bat, and uh, I swung as hard as I could, as I did every time I went up to bat. And I remember I hit this huge fly ball, and, and I, I'm a pretty fast guy. I used to be, at least, a really fast guy, and I'm running around first, and I'm getting to second, and, you know, and the guy's going up to try to catch it somewhere between wherever. And I just remember, I mean, you guys got memories as, as, as a kid, 
that just is not true. You know, everything seemed bigger and better. You know, this is this story, right? And I swear that ball was still in the air by the time I got to second base and, and he did not catch it. It was farther back, you know, at least as I remember, farther back in the outfield and, and he, he uh, committed an error, right? And I remember running around third and it was, by the way, it was base loaded and they were trying to get that ball over to third base and they overthrew that third base person and ended up getting a home run. Come on, come on. I mean... I was the hero of the show, man. I remember that, that was the pinnacle of my baseball career. Um, and you know, sometimes when we get into a, um, the discussion of love, there are pinnacle moments of love. And what I'm worried about is we have a memory of that pinnacle moment and then we like hang our hat on it. And I just wanted to speak this into your life. I think the best love for you should be today. It should be found tomorrow. It's not just the present love. It's not just a past love. It's the promise and the hope of a future love. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And that's what this love is all about. And and so today I want to just unpack um, the word agape, but I want to reference and kind of frame it on this one reference in John 15. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to John 15 and and, in verse nine, it says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Everybody say remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's command and remained in his love. And in verse 12, it says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And verse 13, it says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then verse 17, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says this, this is my command, love each other. Will you look at your neighbor and even though you don't know him and say, love me. Now look at your other neighbor and say, you have to. It's a command. Now, if you go ahead and unpack the, the Greek words of love, there's three of them and I'm not gonna go uh, in depth in, in the other two, but one is something like eros and then the other one is philos or philos. And then the last one is agape. The first two have, have something to do with about sexual love, uh, you know, and then the other one has more to do with a friendship type of love. Agape is a brotherly love. In fact, if you go and you go deep into that word, into the Greek, you find that the root word for agape means to be well-pleased which should, in, it should evoke the memory of Jesus going to the waters of obedience, right, in baptism. And as he comes up out of the water, God says to his son and to the people that are there experiencing that very pinnacle moment, I am well pleased. That this is my son who I am well Please, I want to tell you that because I want you to frame up the type of love we're talking about today. This is not a sexual love. This is not a friendship type of love. This is a blood-borne type of love that is just simply this, I am well pleased. This is what agape love is. Now, how many of you are thankful that Jesus doesn't just teach this love, but he showed us his love? 
In Romans 5.8, it says, God proved his love for us that when we were still sinners, Christ, Jesus, died for us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So what I want to tell you just before I go into the five bases or the five edges of agape type of love, biblical love, I want to tell you what love is not. We live in a culture and we watch a lot of movies that begin to frame up what love is. And I think we can get really, really tricked into uh, into an ideal of a love that simply is not realistic. And I I struggled on that thought because because I want to really just say that correctly. I, I really do think one of the traps in our society is allowing society to find one of the most important things in life, life, and that's called love. And so let me tell you what love is more than. Love is more than a feeling. That was your opportunity to say amen. Love is more than a feeling. In fact, I remember one of my first girlfriends in ninth grade, and man, all the feels were there. I remember I had tore my knee open snowboarding, and I had a knee immobilizer on my left leg, and I was hobbling on that third floor of PJ Jacobs Middle School, uh, junior high, and I remember walking down that hallway, and then I saw off in the distance Tracy Bigalki, who had a... <laughs> had a knee immobilizer as well walking towards me, and it was as if it was meant to be. <sighs> I wish I was lying. I wish I was faking that story, but it's so true. She was one of my first girlfriends. Um, love is more than a feeling. Love is more than a future promise or a hope. I believe love is not just a destination. It's not something we just hope to arrive to. I believe love is now. And I think so many of us, and for sure some of us that are single, some of you are in high school and middle school, you you can really start buying this idea that there, there is this perfect moment and this feeling that eventually is going to reveal itself and you're going to fall in love. And I just want to tell you, I believe that love is more than a future. It's more than a future promised or hoped for. I also believe that love is more than a force. I think a lot of times when we talk about love, there's always like this force of love, that that love is so uncontrollable and it cannot be grasped and you you cannot, you know, attain attain it. It just happens to you. And I I just want to say this one is a little harder for me to say, but I'm, I'm just going to say it because I wrote it down, but uh, I feel like I need to. If your love is undirected, it's uncontrollable, it's ungraspable, ungraspable, it's ungrasping, or you can't grasp it. I'm making words up again, as I do every week. If that love is uncontrollable, it's undirected, then you're probably experiencing more like lust than you are love. Don't hate me. Staring at me like that. But if you if if you're feeling and 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 you're convinced that this is love, I would suggest to you to look back and really go, okay, but is this the God type of love that he has for me? So today what I want to do is talk about the five edges of home base. Everybody say thanks, Wade, for providing a home base. Uh, 
I actually think that there is a, a, a five points of biblical love that we can find in 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all know what that says, right? Love is, and on and on. You probably forget it as it goes, but, but you know some of it. But what I want to do is I want to uh, leverage and really this physical option to be able to take away a spiritual movement in the way that you operate and, and navigate in the God type of love that he wants to, to give you so that you show the world. Now, let me tell you a little bit about home base. Home base is uniquely shaped. Did you know that? Home base is uniquely shaped, and, 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 and although the other ones are designed to, to run around, this one has a different purpose, and that purpose is, is for home plate to really be able to uh, make it a little bit better to determine what a strike zone is. Y'all tr- tracking what I'm saying here? It's to make the strike zone more visible. And what I want to tell you today that I really want to leverage this image today is I think that we can go ahead and, 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 and really define what a win looks like if we understand what God's love should look like in our life. And so 1 Corinthians 13, open that up. If not, just mark it and look at it later. And I'm going to paraphrase it, okay? And I'm going to do it a little differently than what you've heard it before. 1 Corinthians 13 in general, it says this, love is patient, love is kind, It rejoices in truth, it bears all things, and it endures. These are the five positive statements we find in 1 Corinthians 13. I believe it's the five points of home base. It's the five sharp edges of love. I believe we're called to sharpen the edges of love. It's a remain sharp. And, but I think if we're not careful, our edge of love become dull. It, they can become worn down. And I think a day like today is to remind us that our love is to be sharp. It's to be pointed. It actually has this essential and effective purpose, not only in your life, but also in the people that you're around. And so just because I like the same letters, I'm going to give you five Ds. Come on, come on. The first one being, I believe, the first, the first edge to an effective home-based type of love is your demeanor. Everybody say demeanor. demeanor. Now, I was like, you know, demeanor, I've used it about a million times. And again, not only do I make up words, I don't really know what words mean sometimes. And so I went on Google and I looked it up and I actually thought that I, lo- I actually love the definition of demeanor. It's an outward behavior. To have an effective love, it requires an outward behavior. Let me say it like this. It is a posture. Biblically in 1 Corinthians 13, that love is this. Love is patient. I want to tell you today that patience, yes, although it's internal and it's a lot in your mind, it has a lot more to do with an outside demeanor and posture. When I met Christy... I had to learn patience. (laughs) Christy's never on time. She's always 10 minutes late. Come on, come on. Anybody else relate to Christy? 
And I'm the opposite. I like being here five minutes early, 10 minutes early. I like being prepared. And I remember early on in our relationship, and Christy can attest to this, is man, I was just like, man, I'm like, come on, Christy, let's go, let's go. We're gonna be late. And I still have a problem with that at times. But as we grew in our relationship, I adopted patience. I no longer waited, I had to rest. Come on, come on, can I hear an amen? I had to rest so much so that, that really like for me, when I'm in a hurry, I almost have to get to a place where I be, like create a posture and a mindset where I'm no longer waiting. I'm just enjoying whatever I want to enjoy so much so that when Christy's ready, she usually looks at me and she's like, come on, Andy, I've been waiting for you. I'm like, yeah, you have, babe. <laughs> Patience is a demeanor. The second point of a godlike, agape type of love, a sharp edge, I believe, is deliver. It's about the delivery. It's this call for us to bear all things. Actually, I just skipped to my... My, my fourth one, okay? So I'm lying. That's my fourth one. Well, I'm gonna tell you it anyway. A deliver, it's to, to bring and hand over. It's the call that God has for us to bear all things. It's to deliver uh, your love. Is, it creates this picture of a weight that you put upon your shoulders. If you have any children or you love hanging out with children of a certain age, your little, like my, my little daughter, Keza, uh, even this weekend uh, at, at, a, at a wedding and some open houses that we had, she wanted a piggyback ride. And how many of you know when it's 95 degrees out, there ain't no piggyback ride happening. But that's an image of when it's not easy, God calls us to deliver, to bring and hand over and, and fight for the other individual. Now back to the second one is this, is the second effective edge of love I believe is deeds. Everybody say deeds. Deeds, deeds is an action that is performed intentionally. It's an action with intent. An action with intent. I love how Google said that. And I believe that the deed of love that God calls us and defines in 1 Corinthians 13 is this, is we are to be kind. And that our love needs to be intentional. In fact, I think our love should be so intentional that we are in the business of imprinting through kindness, love upon people's hearts. Love is an action. And it's more, uh, I'll say this, love is an action and it's always more effective than love is a thought. Love is an action is more effective than when love is a thought. It always has been and it will always be. How many of you know that someone loves you but you wish they would love you better? It's an action thing. If you've never read the book, Five Love Languages, I would encourage you to do that because that's how we can learn how, how, how we give and we receive love. And so if some of you, in fact, that book would tell you that it's the, the, the love languages that if you feel like you've been deprived of love, it's because there's uh, some uh, love tank, metaphorically speaking, and that love tank is empty, but one of these five love tanks can be filled. 
And I won't go into that because of time, but bottom line is love is a deed. The third effective corner and edge to agape type of love is to our devotion. Everybody say devotion. I love this definition. It's enthusiasm, enthusiasm for a person. When's the last time you thought devotion as enthusiasm for a person? I'm not making that up. That's google.com. They know everything. But when I read that, man, I was like, yes, that's exactly what we find in 1 Corinthians 13. It's to rejoice in all truth. And in our relationship, if we're going to love, we've got to learn to rejoice. We've got to learn to sing and to move our mouth. And, and it's to dance with our feet, to show devotion with our encouragement, with our partner, right? To that person that we're married to, our, our friend, that, that devotion is enthusiasm for a person that every individual around us needs a cheerleader, it needs someone that would encourage. Y'all know someone that encourages you? Yeah. Isn't that one of the funnest person to be around? I love being around people that encourage me. And it's the same thing in our relationship. And when I go back to this illustration and this story in the Bible that I brought up uh, with Cain and Abel at the very first week of this message series, is, is I think that's what went wrong. One of the brothers won and one felt like he lost. And instead of encouraging him, he killed him. And so many times in relationships, when we see someone else win, we struggle to rejoice with them. And I'm telling you what, our edge of love will become way more effective if we can just celebrate with those that are winning around us. It's the edges of agape type of love. And then the very last point, and I believe it works out really well as it's the tip here, the point is this, is direction. If you want to have agape type of God love in your life and you want to display it to others, it's to find a point and turn your face towards it. Another word, and I brought this up a few times in this message series, it's our call to endure. It's, it's our call to suffer. But I believe it's a focused direction and say, in, I am committed in this relationship. And, and agape love, I believe, is this. And I think this is the point right here. This is the big idea that I want you to take away is we need to learn love we need to direct love to be without conditions. If we don't learn anything else today, I want you to do this. I want this to go on Instagram, on the story. I want you to get a tattoo about it. I don't, whatever you want to do is love without condition because that's how God loves us. But so many times we walk into relationships and we're like, you know what? If you don't do that, I'm not going to do this. And I believe that's the beginning of the end in every relationship. I believe we will never endure. We will never suffer unless we commit to this idea of loving without conditions. 
the world tells this, the condition has to be perfect. That, that you have to be compatible. You have to do this for you to feel that. I mean, I wanna break that narrative today. And I wanna lead into, lean into the God type of love and say, God, would you begin to shape our love like this home base? Love without conditions. I believe there's some people in here today, your relationship is heading in the wrong direction. Because you only know a love with conditions. focal reasons, just would you just, whatever you need to do to just open up your heart and your mind to what the Lord wants to do in your heart today. Just do that. I sense there's some of us that we walked in this room and culture has dulled the edges of God's intent of the love that he has for us. First Corinthians 13 says, if I speak of tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Let me say it like this. If I live love like our culture and movies teach us, I may not have love and I might sound, be experienced like a clanging cymbal. I sense today is about allowing God to begin to train us in love. And if we're gonna be trained in love, then we need to experience his love first. Love as best as I can teach, cannot be taught, it has to be caught. Dallas Willard says this, that is love that does these things, not us. He's speaking about love that is kind, love is patient, it endures. That is love and that it does these things, not us, that's what we do because we first pursued that love. As we catch love, we then find that these things are after all actually being done by us. These things, these godly actions and behaviors are the result of dwelling in love. We've become the kind of person who is patient, who is kind and so on and on because we first caught that love. One of my favorite songs that I've been listening to recently is sung by a band named Judah. And in the chorus, it says, will you increase my ability to be loved by you? Will you increase my ability to be loved by you? 
And even though I taught about the five effective edges of agape love, illustrated by a home base, I sense that, that the bigger movement, the bigger moment isn't about learning about love, being taught about love, but being caught in God's love. And some of you walked into this space and you felt, and you, and you, you believe the narrative that to be loved by God, to be loved by God, Man, it has a lot to do with the conditions, but I wanna tell you, and I want to just promise you that God started a love relationship with you. He desires to start a love relationship with you, not with any conditions, but simply with a word that says, son and daughter, I am well pleased. as we do every week, we invite people that are far from God to take a step towards God. We know that God is taking a step towards us. And our reaction is to take a step towards him. And I just sense there are people that just need to simply hear, come to me come to me don't worry what you do or have done or what you think you might do come to me Echo Church just, you can remain in your seats I'm going to ask the prayer to go on the screen and as we do every week and invite those to pray this for the first time and for those that are far from God this is a step towards God will we pray this together Jesus I surrender I have more questions than answers but I choose to follow you anyway I acknowledge that you lived you died and you rose again all with us in mind I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And everybody said, amen. amen. I'm gonna ask the ushers, I, I, do we have communion ready? Do we have communion? Do you guys have communion in your hands yet? You do? You do? I don't have a communion hand one, I want in my hand, so. <laughs> if you wanna prepare, there are a few, if you need a communion, the ushers will have it, raise your hand. We won't embarrass you. We'll just deliver you a cup. Step one is to take the wafer out on top and step two is to open up the juice. And if you wouldn't mind, just wait to participate until I ask. What a timely message to participate in the tradition that Jesus set in front of us, and that's communion. Because Jesus asks us to remember how his body was broken and that his blood was spilled. You know why? Because it was an act of love. A love without condition. So Jesus today, as we hold the wafer in our hands. It reminds us of the love that is so deep.
God, it reminds us of the demeanor, of the position, God, of the patience. God, it reminds us of the deeds, God, the kindness that you show us. God, it reminds us of, of, of your devotion. God, the enthusiasm that you have for us as people, that God, you're not just kind of for us, you are for us. God, we thank you that you are the one delivering us. God, that you bore all things, that you carry us upon your shoulder. God, you're the one giving us piggyback rides. We remember that today, and, and God, we point and we put our focus, God, on the end game of life, and that is a relationship with you eternally. So today, Jesus, we say thank you for your body to be broken, and as we eat this broken piece of bread, we remember you. In Jesus' name, you may take the bread. God, we just come to you and this blood reminds us that your commitment to us costs. It costs your life. It costs your comfort. It costs your own selfish ambition. You are willing to pay it because of your love. And we accept that love and we drink of this grape juice as a reminder of that eternal love with us. And we look towards you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, you may partake.
Man, God is good. God is so good. I've been thinking about something all morning. And it's kind of heavy to me a little bit, but I just want to read this. It's a little further in some of the stuff that Pastor Andy read today. It says, uh, John 13, 35. And by the way, if you're kind of new to the Bible or it seems confusing, I would highly recommend reading something called the Message Translation. I like the message. I, maybe to some it seems less spiritual. I don't know why, but I like the message a lot. It's a little more straightforward. So this is what it says. John 13, 34 and 35. Let me give you a new commandment. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love you have for each other. And I've been thinking about something. Now, we can't do anything about anybody who's not in this room, not in our circle, not in our family, right? We can't, I mean, I can't yell at people from somewhere else and be like, hey, love more people or do whatever that is. But I do know this. We as a church can show this agape love in more areas in our lives. And I promise you this, it will draw people to Jesus. That's what it'll do. It'll draw people to Jesus. They will know us by our love was a reminder that love is the indicator of what it means to follow Jesus. And love is the reason that Jesus called us out. And love is the reason that we follow him. It's love. And so when we take a stand and are standing in love, not tearing down other churches or tearing down other people. Listen, I got a crazy family. Our families are nuts. Man, there's a lot of relationships out there that are crazy. There's a lot of things. But I just wonder, what if we as a church, just like a little bit more, stood in love? You guys think we can do that? I think we can do that. Let's do that. Let's do that as a team. Now, we like to celebrate people here at Echo. So I want to celebrate a couple groups of people. Let's celebrate some people that maybe came for the first time today. Let's celebrate those people today. You know what else we like to celebrate? Those that said the prayer with us at the end for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on. Come on. You guys, we love you. Let's continue to show love. Have an awesome week.